Hi, everyone. I'm Celeste Headley. You're listening to That's a Good Question, part of the Women Amplified podcast from the Conferences for Women. So over the last few years, professionals have reprioritized what's important and taken a different approach to their career paths. But figuring out what's right for you now and how to make the most strategic next move can be daunting. In this episode, we'll help our listener navigate a transition from entrepreneurship into a corporate career. And we'll explore strategies on how to best approach a job search, identify the right role, and talk about ways to communicate your values so you feel empowered to take on your next move. Helping me problem solve today, I'm so excited to be joined by our guest expert, Lena Shaw, Global Program Leader of Global Drug Development at Bristol-Myers Squibb. Lena brings expertise in strategic thinking, innovative approaches, and inclusive leadership to the BMS team. And today, she'll bring them to our listener and to you. So let's get started. So joining us is Mekala Hiriyana, and you have 10 years marketing experience. You have been an educational entrepreneur for a long time, but you're getting ready to make a transition into something new. Can you tell us what you're moving into? Yes, I have two agendas on my mind. One is like what you mentioned, what job role should I look for? What could complement the skills that I have already gained? What skills can be transferable as an entrepreneur from an education industry to moving into a tech corporate job? But at the same time, I want to feel less intimidated by the imposter syndrome. I want to learn the jargons. I want to learn the complex concepts. I want to get head on uh, with the problem solving abilities of you know the tech world. So I also want to understand how can I build my asset during this transition, which will also help me build a foundation to a stable career growth? Like, what would be the best way to break in to a new role? Would it be through education? Would it be through industry-relevant certifications? Or would it be through a full-time degree course, which easily puts you on a platform of job seekers? So these are two things on my mind. Okay, well, with that in mind, let's bring in Lena Shaw. Lena Shaw is going to be helping us out today. She is the Executive Director in Global Drug Development at Bristol-Myers Squibb. And Lena, I really think you're going to be able to help here. We have been hearing this so much because so many people are transitioning now from one career to another, from one role to another. And it is so common, especially among women, to feel like their resume needs to exactly match what people are asking for when they post a job. What would you suggest that Mekala do as she's preparing to apply for things? Yeah, so first of all, thank you for having me, Celeste. And I'd love to commend Mekala actually on You know, I really like the fact that you made the transition early on and and really looking, thinking big about transforming the world. And I think it's really commendable and it takes a lot of courage to make the decisions that you made even in your transition to become an entrepreneur. So, but completely agree with you, Celeste. I think that especially since COVID, there's definitely been a significant shift in not only women leaving the workplace, but also making transitions. So this is, you know, never an easy thing to do, but very common in our world today. So, Michael, I would say, you know, that 
the first question that I have for you, I think that, you know, it sounds like you're still in the early journey of trying to figure out what it is that you would like to do in corporate. So would like to kind of understand if you've given that a little bit more thought, because I find that when you're looking to make some of these shifts, and I've made a number of different types of career moves in my own journey, and I found that kind of grounding yourself on the why of, you know, why am I making this move and why now? And what is it that specifically I'm looking to do is really important. So have you done that self-assessment? And if so, what are your thoughts? Thank you, Lena, for that question. Considering the skills that I have and what job role I can take, most likely I'm looking at a marketing job because as an entrepreneur, you know, being a marketing strategist was something very fundamental and it has cemented in me. So that's an option. But at the same time, my concern is, should you stick to the skill set that you have developed or should you be learning industry-relevant and popular skill sets on the job market? Yeah, that's really a great question. So my recommendation is really to take, and I've done this a few times myself, it's really kind of taking stock of your self-assessment, you know, what it is that taking stock of yourself, doing a reflection and self-assessment. What I like to do, and especially when I'm kind of making some of these transitions, is really kind of taking a little bit of a, you know, it's kind of doing a SWOT on yourself and kind of taking an approach where you understand what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and where's their opportunity to maybe take some of your weaknesses and, and turn them into to strengths or maybe a potential job opportunities. And then what are going to be some of the challenges or threats, you know, as you're kind of thinking about the next role. So I like to start there first, because I think you're absolutely right that we tend to go to a place where we try to match our skill set, what the job responsibilities are. And I think thinking at a higher level of what is it that you can bring to the table and what do you really enjoy doing makes it then easier to match what do you aspire to do and what are you really good at to then what are the appropriate roles that you should be looking at. So it's kind of taking that high level view first and then drilling down to, okay, what are the right rules that kind of fit your profile? And I just make sure all the listeners understand that acronym SWAT is exactly what Lena's been talking about. SWAT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And it's just a way for people to analyze all the factors that go into making a decision or coming up with a strategy, however you are deciding what your next steps are. So, Mikala, have you gone through this kind of process in deciding what are your biggest strengths and also where are your opportunities? Where are the places where you're weakest? Yes, Celeste. I like what Lena said, that starting off with a SWOT analysis gives you an understanding of where you are, where you stand, what skills you have, what could you upskill, what could you reskill, what could you put already, you know, the transferable skills in place. I did that. and. I like the fact that I realized that I have built on my skill set. But at the same time, what I felt was, as an entrepreneur, I felt that I have multidisciplinary skill set. I was good at sales, I was good at marketing, and I had a degree in technical education. The question was, how do I choose one of these? Mm. Interesting. Do you have to choose one, Lena? Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was going to ask the last I think it's great to have a broader, especially when you're trying to make a transition, that the wider you cast the net, 
the easier it is to try to find a way in, especially when you have the broad skill set that you have, Michaela. So the next process, and it sounds like you've done a fantastic self-reflection through a SWOT type process, I would then recommend you've got to build you know, a lot of, as you know, a lot of the shifts, especially when you're kind of looking for people to understand and integrate your broad skill set to a potential job is really the networking. So I'm curious to understand where you are in that process. Have you started to think about, you know, who do I need to connect with within specific companies based on the types of jobs that you're looking at? Yeah, Lena, that's great to know that I have already taken the next step and I'm working on networking and building meaningful relationships, most importantly, because again, coming from my own experience as an entrepreneur, having customers and clients across the country, I realized that we do make a lot of friends, but when it comes to networking and, you know, getting benefit from a friend would really be, you know, something that the friend reflects on how good you are, and that's what leads to networking. Well, Lena, at this point, I am um, in a dilemma. So, you know, I come with about over 10 years of experience in an education industry as an entrepreneur. I am moving into a corporate job in a tech industry. Most times when I network and when I do get some possible opportunities, should I be looking? to bring this experience onto a platform which is more fostering my growth uh, when people don't value my 10 years of experience but would rather consider me on an entry-level job. You know, situations like this are hard to deal. So even though we engage in good networking skills, expanding our uh, relationships beyond just the industry connections, allowing idea exchange and, you know, you gain insights on the industry trends through networks. How do I deal with this position of 10 years of experience, but a new industry getting into an entry-level job? How do I deal with this situation, Lena? I can totally appreciate, Cal, that this can be frustrating, right, for sure, because you are coming with a whole different type of skill set that you can bring into a role. So, you know, kind of appreciating that. I think that sometimes we tend to target jobs that may not be best aligned with our skill set. So when you're having some of those networking conversations, and this is where trying to get as many informational interviews with people within the company or within the area that you're looking at is really valuable just to be able to get some of that feedback. Because if you're applying for an entry-level role, maybe you're better suited for more of a leadership role, right? And it's difficult sometimes because I know you need the balance of the tech experience along with the leadership, but maybe it's just the types of roles that you're approaching and maybe take a different look at more of a leadership type of opportunity so you can bring some of the, the broader skill set into a role versus a technical role. You're listening to That's a Good Question. It's part of the Women Amplified podcast. We so hope you'll join us this year at the California Conference for Women on February 29th in Santa Clara. 
We're building back from an online event into an incredible full day of inspiration, connection, and career development for women at all levels in all industries, with keynote speakers like former New Zealand Prime Minister Dame Jacinda Ardern, AI expert and artist Dr. Joy Bulamwini, and researcher and storyteller Brene Brown. You are guaranteed to walk away with more energy, insight, and community than you came in with. Learn more and get your tickets at caconferenceforwomen.org. Register before October 15th for the best ticket price and seat assignments. And if you're not in California or the Silicon Valley area, tell a friend. Now, let's get back to our conversation with our guest expert, Lena Shaw, Global Program Leader of Global Drug Development at Bristol-Myers Squibb. Celeste, were you going to make a comment? Yeah, I think, you know, it's so interesting, Lena, because we were talking about earlier, so many people, since the pandemic especially, are in this position of either choosing to transition or having to transition. And I find that people get stuck in this place where it's unclear how to make these choices. And it sometimes can feel as though making the wrong decision, the stakes can be really high. And sometimes that's true in terms of making the wrong decision. It can have negative consequences. You can apply for a certain position at a company and then it can be kind of held against you if you apply for a different position in a different department at a different level at the same company. Do you know what I'm saying? So people can get kind of, I don't want to say paralyzed, but they can be a little bit hesitant to move because they want to make sure that they're doing exactly the right thing. And there is no guide saying, okay, you're moving from, like Mekala is, you're moving from all this experience in this area to this particular area. Step by step, let's walk you through this. How do you find the right people in your network that are going to help you make exactly the right step? Sell it, you stole my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Mm. I wanted to ask next. How do you find the right networking platform, especially in an age of digital era where you have like so many networking platforms online, so many, you know, virtual uh, sessions happening. How do you merge into the culture of corporate through those networking sites? That's exactly what my next question was. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fantastic question. So I'll comment on what I found to work really well. So when you're looking at, especially when you're looking at an area that you may not have full connections. And I find LinkedIn works really well. So I look for, when I was making some of the transitions in my own career, I was looking for opportunities to just network with people in different parts of the organization. And I found that people are pretty open to having conversations, even as as a connection to a connection on LinkedIn. (laughs) So LinkedIn has been a place where I've been able to expand my network, especially when I'm connecting with friends of friends. And then it's your, you've got a strong personal network. And I'm a true believer that when you're thinking about your own, just like a company has a board of directors that kind of steer and guide and provide, you know, a path for the company to be successful. I'm a strong believer, you know, having board of directors for yourself. And as you kind of think about your own personal career trajectory, 
And I found that, you know, having a nice, diverse group of people that can give you honest feedback <laughs> is really helpful because they're not only going to be your sponsors and champions when you need to make some of these connections and they're willing to kind of go out and leverage their own networks to help you, but they're also going to give you feedback of when you need to just hear the honest truth that, you know what, you're going to have to take that position to be able to kind of get your footing in the company. It's good to hear that. It's not sometimes the thing we want to hear. When I made a transition from one company to another, I struggled with taking a lower level role because you know I felt that I was at a different point in my career. But because I was looking at managing a, a larger team, you know, the organization was willing to bring me in and move me up quickly. But that was kind of the agreement that I had to make when I was making some of those decisions for myself. So. You know, it is very difficult to find, as you say, the right people to provide the right guidance. But I think if you can surround yourself with a strong group of really honest and open champions of, of you, it's helpful to kind of have that support system, right? To be able to guide you in what is most appropriate for you. And how long do you wait if you think you made the wrong choice? That's a really good question as well, Celeste. So every move I've made, you know, I would give myself at least a year because it's very difficult in less than a year to really know, you know, the first few months are always overwhelming. Mm. You're learning more than you're really growing. But I find that if you give yourself a good year, that gives you a good barometer of, you know, do you really understand the job and do you have a good appreciation for whether this is the right fit for you or not? So make a, uh, yeah, does that sound doable? The thing that I liked, what Lena said the most, was to have a strong group of honest people. I think that honesty really makes a difference in your life, especially when you're transitioning. But talking of LinkedIn, Lena, you know, I had another question for you in mind. How does one beat that severe demand, especially right now with this kind of economy in the tech industry? How does one beat the severe demand of job applicants? Like, you know, you network strategically on the social media, you apply for a job, but there are like thousand applicants for the same position. One position, thousand contenders. I found that there's, within a number of major companies, there are proactive talent acquisition teams that are profiling and talent, reaching out to them proactively. And LinkedIn is a great source for them to go and source talent to be able to identify people that would be appropriate for succession planning for a number of our roles internally. So I think if you can really position yourself so you're having some of those informational interviews and connections with the talent acquisition team, get connections to those managers or even staff at a particular company in the group that you're looking for is a really great way to set yourself up before a job even becomes available. So there's a number of different informational interviews that I tend to do within the company. And when we have it that we would like to bring into the organization and it's not the right fit for my job, I definitely pass on the name to another hiring manager within the company. So I do think that having some of those types of connections internally will help in the process to really differentiate you from you know, the number of other applicants. I would also say, Mekala, as someone else who 
is on the other side of the table and hiring people. Lena's earlier advice about LinkedIn is another way to really differentiate yourself because if you're one of those people that reaches out to current employees of a company and you are learning all that you can about that company's priorities, about the job itself and what that job entails and the kind of software they use and the kind of things that you do each day, then you're coming prepared to include in your cover letter on your CV and all that to address those specific things. And when I'm looking at somebody's materials and they're answering my questions for me, you know, I have a question, can they work on this particular software? Have they done this particular thing before? And there it is in black and white in their materials. That's somebody who stands out for me as opposed to somebody who's blanketing the industry with sort of more generic applications that are just like, here's who I am. This is somebody who has put time and effort into saying, I can fulfill the needs that you have. I don't know how Lena feels, but that's somebody who really stands out to me. Yeah, I completely agree, Celeste. I think the other piece to that is also, you know, companies are always looking for people that would be a good fit within their culture. So being able to, when you do your research and when you're talking to people within the company, you have a good appreciation of whether you'd be a good fit and you can speak to that too in the way that you present yourself right on paper. I think that's another great way to differentiate. Yeah. Yeah, Lena, I totally agree that some personal recommendations in the professional networks, it can give you an edge over other applicants, no matter how good you tailor your application or showcase your achievements. I think this is what is going to be the differentiating factor, the cultural fit, like you say. Yeah, and culture can be difficult to find out about. It can be very difficult in advance. Even on LinkedIn, it can be difficult to get people to talk about it If there are issues with the culture, it can be difficult to hear about that. So that requires a little bit of sleuthing, says the journalist. (laughs) (laughs) They're not always going to tell you the truth, but it is important to know about. What other questions do you have, Mekala? I think I'm quite done. I really love the way Lena encouraged me on finding my skill set, doing a SWOT analysis and working on my networks. And she closed off with, talking on how important recommendations and referrals could be. So maybe I'm going to shoot out a LinkedIn request to Lena first. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great idea. Yes, absolutely. I would love to connect via LinkedIn. (laughs) So I want to say thank you to Lena Shah. She is Executive Director in Global Drug Development at Bristol-Myers Squibb. And Mekala Hiriyana is an educational entrepreneur getting ready to transition successfully, I know it, into the corporate tech industry. Thanks so much to both of you. Yeah, thank you, Celeste. And best of luck, Michaela. I think you're going to be incredibly successful. Thank you, Lena. Thanks for all the advice and encouragement. You know, sometimes this kind of motivation is like taking bath. No matter you take bath today, you still have to take bath tomorrow, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you need this kind of encouragement, especially for me at this point, true. every single day. I really enjoyed talking with the both of you. Best of luck. We hope you enjoy this episode of That's a Good Question. Thanks again to our listener and to the guest expert, Lena Shaw from Bristol Myers Squibb. The Conferences for Women is the largest network of women's conferences in the nation. They draw more than 55,000 women and men to annual events in Boston, Philadelphia, Austin, California, and online. You can learn more about our events and newsletters at conferencesforwomen.org. I'm Celeste Headley, and this is Women Amplified, 
from the Conferences for Women. Thank you so much for listening. Be kind and be well.